Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship.
or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all how long for all of you with the affection of Christ. Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of, the, of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Here ends the epistle. Please stand. Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priest of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. God said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? And he replied, don't extort money, and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. This is the gospel of the Lord. Continue with our hymn, hymn 344 on Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cry.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from a gospel reading from Luke chapter 3. Let's pray. O Lord, you are in our midst. You are mighty to save. You rejoice over us as our loving Father, and you come to us in your word and refresh our souls. You remain strong and never give up on us, coming to us again and again in word and sacrament. Fill us with joy. Joy in you, Lord, that our lives radiate your goodness to the world. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. In our reading today, we heard, and he, John, went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers or snakes, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. It's our text. Tough, tough talk or tough words. We can see this in a couple of different ways, can't we? It can be that tough conversation because uh, the subject is, is, is fragile, right? That's a tough conversation. Or it could be a, a tough conversation, tough talk, tough words, because you, you need to be firm about something and you know it's not going to be received well, but you need to do it anyway. So many of us have had those kind of conversations either way, whether it's with a spouse or, or chi- our children or our parents uh, or co-workers or boss or a friend. And here we are three weeks away from the celebration of Christmas and we have this strange character appearing in our readings today and, and today we have some tough words from John the baptizer. He is the most unlikely Christmas character we're going to meet, and yet every year <laughs> he shows up, right? Here he is, showing up, up to remind us that sometimes God speaks to us with a, a soft voice in the silence, and sometimes God speaks to us in the thunder. Through John, God uses the thunder to get our attention. He stands on the outskirts of Christmas in the wilderness and thunders out that message of turn back to God, be baptized, then your sins will be forgiven. John puts pressure on people to take a serious look at themselves and seek to change, and young and old were asked to meet the challenge. Turn back to God. Turn back to God and you will see his saving power. Now, John was no softy, was he? He he had a rough outward appearance, but it reflected that, that tough inner attitude toward those who thought that they just didn't need to change. He laid into people when they were half-hearted about turning their lives around, and when they thought that they could just go ahead and show up, right, uh, and listen to a few sermons, undergo baptism, and, and that would do the trick. He had some pretty rude words for them. You're a bunch of snakes. <laughs> Who warned you to run from the coming judgment? Do something, he said. Show that you've really given up on your sins. John was tough. Now, I'm sure that there were some people who thought he was overboard, a little bit too tough. Uh, But there are some times that tough words are needed, aren't they? Tough words uh, sting our conscience. Tough words uh, challenge us to take a long look at what is happening in our lives. Tough words knock us down. They, They shock us into seeing that there's a lot of room for change. 
Sometimes we think that what's being said doesn't refer to us at all, right? Uh, those words are for those, the real sinners uh, over there, the unconverted, right? Uh, not for us. We've been baptized. We've, uh, we attend church regularly, even help on some church committees. Those words don't mean anything for us. We might even say quietly to ourselves, you know what? I sure hope so-and-so is listening to this message today. They really need to take this seriously. That's when tough words are needed. Soft words just aren't going to work. Hard words need to, are needed because they need to get through that false image of what we have of ourselves. Sharp words are needed because they help us realize that call to renounce our sin, to turn away from that and renew our commitment to God uh, uh, applies not uh, just to a, as equally to us as it does to anyone else. But why do we have to listen to John the baptizer and these uh, rough words and crude words at this time of the year. I mean, after all, it, it does, doesn't quite fit the season, does it? I mean, Christmas is a season of love, peace, and, and happiness, right? I mean, we, we don't need to hear uh, this kind of talk right, right now. I mean, maybe, maybe some other time of the year, maybe during Lent. That, that's a good time for that. Uh, feel bad about ourselves. Uh, we need to head in Good Friday and, and then to Easter. That's a good time for those, those kind of, uh, that kind of talk not a couple of weeks before Christmas. We should be hearing about mangers, shepherds, right? Angels, good news that a savior has been born in David's town. My, my dear friends in Christ, there's a interesting yet uncomfortable fact about the Christian faith. It is impossible to be saved unless, <laughs> unless you're, you're condemned or damned, right? It's difficult to be raised up if, you, if, you're, if you're not at your lowest on your knees in repentance and humility. It is really tough to receive a gift if, if you think you already have everything. It's tough to be satisfied if you have no hunger. And the hunger I'm referring to here is spiritual hunger, that need, that need to be forgiven, the need to be reconciled with God, uh, the, the need to feel again the love that God has for us, right? We'll get to the warm, fuzzy stuff eventually. We will. We'll get to hear about Mary. We'll, we'll hear about Joseph and the baby Jesus. Uh, but before we do, we need to hear some tough words. We need to hear John's call to turn away from your sins. Because this, uh, this really does have everything to do with Christmas, doesn't it? I mean, like last weekend, where it was that call to slow down and enjoy Advent. Before we can have Christmas, I mean really have Christmas, we got to hear these tough words of John that say, get ready. At this time of the year, we are always busy. We're always getting ready, right, for Christmas in a lot of different ways. Uh, the kids are rehearsing, like I said, uh, uh, yesterday the kids were rehearsing, uh, singing in their parts for the Christmas program, Sunday school Christmas program. Uh, some folks uh, uh, take in, are unpacking a lot of things, taking out maybe that uh, Christmas tree out of storage and unpacking it out of the box, uh, spending a lot of time trying to figure out uh, which bulb on the string of lights is the one that's causing that whole thing to go out. Yeah, you know the one. Uh, we put up Christmas ornaments on the Christmas tree. We, we clean the house. We buy and wrap Christmas presents. We, we plan to visit our relatives and, uh, or have them over on Christmas Day. But the kind of getting ready that John's talking about is different. He's proclaiming tough words about sin, our sin. 
He's talking about getting rid of the dirt in our lives, renouncing our sin, making that new commitment to uh, living a life that's worthy of our calling as God's children. I mean, that's where John's tough words come in, right? I mean, he knows the human heart so well. I mean, if he speaks softly and gently, uh, those words are going to go in one ear and out the other. But he speaks loudly, he speaks rudely and bluntly. You snakes, do those things that will show that you turned away from your sins. He goes on to warn those who uh, refuse to turn from their sinfulness, every tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I mean, John was fearless when he spoke out. I mean, if he had something to say, he would say regardless of who it was he was saying it to. He wouldn't worry about how harsh uh, those words might uh, seem to the listener. Uh, He even dared to speak some tough words attacking King Herod. I mean, at first, John's words sort of jolt us a little bit in this season of peace and joy because hard words hurt, don't they? But at the same time, these tough words are good news because they lead us back to God. His grace, His forgiveness, his coming salvation, even though those words are tough from John, there's a message, a good message from God, that those words are turning over the soil of the human heart, making it ready for the Savior. Uh, Max Lucado uh, uh, tells a story about a, a man who, who basically was like just a slob all his life, right? Uh, because he could not comprehend the uh, concept of neatness, okay? Uh, uh, why make a bed if you're going to go ahead and sleep it again that night, right? Uh, uh, why put the lid on the toothpaste tube, back on the toothpaste tube, because you're going to take it off in the morning, right? And just leave it open all the time. Uh, uh, why why uh, uh, he admitted to being very compulsive about being messy. Uh, then he got married. <clears throat> I see the elbows and the looks already, Uh, all right? Uh, His wife was patient. She said she didn't mind his habits if he didn't mind sleeping on the couch. Uh, So he he did mind, so he began to change. Max Lucado said that he uh, enrolled in a 12-step program for slobs. (laughs) He had a physical therapist help him rediscover those muscles to pick up those shirts and hang them on hangers in the closet there. Yeah, Uh, uh, Placing the toilet paper on the holder in the bathroom. Uh, And his nose was reintroduced to the the smell of pine scent cleaner. Uh, And by the time his in-laws arrived for a visit, he was a new man. But then came the moment of truth. His wife left town for a week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, First, he uh, reverted to the old man, thinking, eh, I can be a slob for six days, and the seventh, go ahead and clean it up. But something interesting happened. He could no longer relax with the piles of dirty dishes in the sink. He he couldn't relax with the towels sort of flung uh, around the bathroom or the, the clothes on the floor. See what happened in this man's life? Uh, his wife it was loving and patient, but was tough when it came to uh, that untidiness. And John the baptizer is tough. He's tough on the messiness that sin makes of our relationship with God and how we, we deal with other people. I mean, if John were here with us today, the, the message would be exactly the same, wouldn't it? And so as we wait for Jesus to return, at the end of time, and now as we wait for the celebration of his first coming, John would speak these same tough words to you and me, turn away from your sins. 
Do those things that show that you've turned away from your sins. Stop your excuses, because they were trying that too. Do those things that will show that you've turned from your sin, that you really are a follower of the Messiah. Not a part-time follower, right? Only when it happens to suit you. Stop pretending that, that everyone else owes you a favor because you've done so much. Get rid of that attitude that only wants to receive and receive and receive and never offers anything back in return. John urges you and me to sort of clean away that garbage in our lives and clear away every bit of mess that sin causes. Clear away the unselfishness, uh, or the selfishness. Clear away the, the uncaring, unfriendly attitudes that we have. Have that giving posture. Uh, uh, whoever gives, whoever has two shirts must give to the person who has none, right? Uh, clear away the dishonesty, the greed, the, and focus on, and the focus that we have on just material things. Clear away the dissatisfaction of who you are and what you receive from God's hand, because you are God's beloved child, aren't you? Clear away that immorality, everything that opposes God's will for your life. Repent, turn away, turn away from every obstacle, from every favorite sin, from all of your excuses for your poor commitment to God and his church. Turn away from everything that's contrary to the way God wants you to live as his child. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. In fact, it's near impossible for us to turn around our lives by our own sheer power, right? Because let's be honest, <laughs> we, we enjoy certain sins, don't we? I mean, we, we like them. We, uh, sometimes we're determined not to do something, but you know what happens. The next thing you know, we're going ahead and doing it again. We can't help doing or saying or, or thinking in ways that are harmful and hurtful to God and to others. And even as God's baptized and forgiven people, uh, we still keep on sinning. We still keep on living lives that are filled with all kinds of hurt and greed and selfishness and lack of consideration. I mean, we can go on and on cataloging the things that we do that are contrary to God's will. But as we just said at the beginning of the service, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In this time before Christmas, let's not be offended at these tough words from John to turn back, do the things that will show that you've turned away from your sins. I mean, uh, you might say John speaks these tough words for our own good, right? I mean, sort of like parents. Parents, what do you do? You, you might speak loudly and emphatically pointing out uh, uh, the wrongdoing of a child. You, you do this to make them aware to, uh, of the wrong that's been done, but also to make them a better person, right? Uh, to avoid that same kind of wrong in the future. In addition, by highlighting the wrong that's been done, doesn't the child appreciate the words from the parents even more? I love you and I forgive you. I mean, if, if they don't appreciate the fact that they've done wrong, the beauty of that love and forgiveness is going to get missed. In the same way, none of us wants to miss out on God's good news. Prompted by his messenger, John the baptizer, we turn to God, right? We, we, we open ourselves. We want him to deal with our sin in our lives and then receive what he's promised. Receive forgiveness, healing, new life, a change beyond words. 
As we listen to John's tough message again, we appreciate our need for a savior. A savior born in Bethlehem, a savior who paid a price that we could not pay, a savior who died a, a death that we would deserve and, and give us forgiveness for sins uh, all, this, all, this, all the times we've slipped back into sin. A savior that rose again to defeat the power of death for us. John's message was tough and rude and blunt at times. But my friends, as you slow down in this Advent season, listen to the voice calling in the wilderness. Hear the good news. Prepare the way for the Lord. Turn away from your sin. And you shall see the salvation of God. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.